I'm Matt Gary Fisher, and this is the Burn From Within show. Each week, I interview inspiring people who have changed their career or life to light up inside. So if you want to get excited about your Mondays, work on meaningful projects, and have more time for the passions and people that matter to you, stay tuned. On this week's episode, we have Claudio Antonini, who is a career change coach for finance and investment banking professionals. We cover a lot in this interview, from what prompts finance and investment banking professionals to want to leave their career, and what are the challenges in transitioning out of it, typical routes out and common transferable skills that finance professionals use, how to prevent your next career being a bad decision finding more suitable roles within your existing bank, how to recognise that you are burnt out and what to do about it, the impact of COVID-19 on career change in finance and banking, and when is the ideal time to leave your banking job or career. The full show notes and videos of other interviews are available at burnfromwithin.com forward slash interviews, so listen all the way through and enjoy. So, Claudio, look... You know, you're a career change coach for finance and banking professionals. Actually, you were in the banking profession and have your own career change story, like a lot of the guests on the show. Talk me through a little bit about your career change story. You know, first of all, what's your background in finance? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I coach what the changes that I've made myself. So I definitely walk the talk. So I started at BNP Paribas in Italy. I'm Italian. And then after that, I joined Fiat Chrysler. So I was in capital markets, treasury. And that's when I relocated to London. And after a few years, moved to British Airways owner, IAG, and, and structure finance. And finally, I moved to SGN, which is the second largest gas network in the UK, where I became a treasury manager and was uh, managing $6 billion per year. So my career was, it never felt right for me from the beginning, but like a lot of people that work in finance, I was attracted to, uh, you know, big salaries and looking smart and all the things that the majority of people, you know, right after uh, uni, especially if you go to a very fancy university, are attracted to. So that's why I started my journey first in banking and then in corporate finance. But it was when I was at British Airways that I had a massive burnout because it was way too much pressure. And... As I wasn't really passionate about it, it was really hard for me to cope. It would have been harder anyways, but not being really passionate about it made it worse. And and that was a blessing in disguise, really, because I realized that I had to make changes. And that's when my change started. So I moved out of London, close to Gatwick for a smaller company, and, and I started thinking what I wanted to do next. So in a way... I, I took a stepping stone role and that gave me time to think, also hire a career coach and start thinking about the next steps. And so that's when I realized that for me, just slouching on a laptop wasn't enough without interacting with people. Obviously COVID didn't help. 
I needed, you know, deeper connections, not just, you know, dealing with a spreadsheet all day, but interacting with people. And that's what I love about coaching now. Yeah, that's an interesting um, backstory, Claudio. What do you think are some of the kind of common challenges? I mean, you specialize Mm. in uh, career change Mm. for finance professionals, for investment bankers. What do you think are some of the um, unique challenges in those professions of transitioning out of these careers? But even before that, what are the, some of the kind of top reasons why some of your clients yeah. leave the career as well? Yeah. So those are very specific as uh, investment banking in particular is a very tough job in terms of the hours. So uh, a lot of my clients work maybe 15 hours a day or more. And sometimes we have sessions uh, on a Saturday, maybe at 11 a.m. and they just woke up because they need to recover and then right after the session they need to go back to working okay so uh, i would say long hours so obviously this has a major impact on all the other areas of their life so for example they don't have time to uh, socialize as much so i know of people that go out for drinks and while on the tube they get a message and they need to go back home to work they don't have time to date they they are constantly on the cusp of being burned out and sometimes they do get there so some of my clients have taken uh, sick leave and so the 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 challenges are primarily related to how time consuming it is secondly it's a lack of purpose so a lot of millennials can't stand anymore, you know, just working to make rich people richer. And also we're talking about individuals that have spent, the majority of them have spent several grand to go to the best universities in the world. And what they do in the end is uh, very mundane work. So PowerPoints, presentations, especially in the, the, the first uh, few years. So they don't really don't see the purpose, you know, it's working very long hours and for a job that doesn't really give them satisfaction. What attracts them, as I mentioned in my story as well, is that at first the money is really, really good and, it, and it, you feel like it compensates for everything else. And then also, I think the way that other people look at you. So I was talking to a client uh, the other day. And they were saying, but you know, I worked at JP Morgan in London, everybody wants to be me. And that, so that status, it's also something that for them, it's really hard to give. So basically to answer your questions, what are the, the challenges for them in their current role? So why they want to leave It's because they have no control over their life, their schedule, they're exhausted and they realize that money is not everything what are the challenges for them to leave are related to the 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 golden cage so they make a lot of money so they know that if they quit they most likely won't be making the same amount of money i think there's a huge sunk costs that you talked about in finance i mean first of all you know investing a lot of time and energy in building your career that mm-hmm. also includes sometimes quite expensive university uh, educations mm-hmm. people you know people's families kind of mm-hmm. willing for them to to make a lot of money and 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 you know make them proud and all of that 
to, to walk away from all of that is there's a lot of peer pressure to stay in it. And you talked about ego as well earlier. I know from from my friends in investment banking in particular, walking away from a career, even if you're burning out and you hate it and you're unhappy, that that loss of, e- of a status and ego to some extent is difficult to swallow, not to mention you know, how do you walk away from the high salaries and what can you do in place of that? This phrase, a golden, did you say a golden cage? It's really interesting kind of metaphor to to bring up. How do finance professionals start to find out ways to to chisel out of this Mm. golden cage? Is it like a, a quick exit and it's very, very painful? Are there kind of transitions to make it a smoother way out? Like what can people mm. do in this profession? Mm. So obviously everybody's different. What I see with my clients is that there are, there are different paths. So some people, so first and foremost is working on their self, self-limiting beliefs. So obviously they don't really need so much money. Okay. So it's just that the, it's about realizing that first. So everybody wants to have financial stability. It's just that in, in, I think in investment banking, making six figure salaries is normalized. So they come to me telling me that they can change absolutely everything except for the amount of money that they make, which would be the equivalent of someone who's overweight going to a personal trainer saying, you know, I can change absolutely everything except eating, you know, bacon every single morning, you know, and a pizza for dinner. Okay. It's exactly the same thing. That's what got you into the, the, the problem because you were so addicted to making so much money that you, you've been doing everything. So that I think is always the first issue. And, and also the other one is acceptance because for, according to what you said as well, some costs are big. Because imagine, imagine the family of someone from Morocco that could only send one uh, kid to university, to an expensive university, how much pressure, you know, there is on that person and the, the return on the investment for the whole family. So I think that before addressing the career issue, there are always self-limiting beliefs. Once those are addressed in terms of careers, I don't believe in just, I don't believe that everybody can just, you know, just switch from one career to another because some people have kids, some people have financial commitments. So what I, what I think is the best approach is to have a vision, develop a vision for where you want to be, then become really realistic and understand where you can get. And even there, figure out stepping stones. Okay. So for example, when I realized that finance wasn't for me anymore, I still worked in finance for basically another two years before I became a coach. So you know that you can build up that financial security. You can start under, you you understand that you're not your job because that is another thing. You know, like you said, losing your face in banking is something that it's not easy for people, you know? So they think even if they move within finance, that their peers will think they're stupid. This is, I'm quoting some of my clients or that they were not good enough. Okay. 
So obviously the imposter syndrome and people pleasing are big issues in, in banking. Okay. Otherwise people wouldn't work 15 hours a day if they could say no. In terms of exit strategies, so there are some that are more typical of investment banking. So usually private equity, hedge funds, but some people don't want to go, let's say the more mainstream route. So they prefer maybe staying within finance, but not investment banking. So startups, investor relations, capital markets, but within a corporation. And then some people decide that, realize that finance wasn't for them. So maybe they launched their own business and maybe they stay in their current job. You know, they start developing a business idea and so with the intent in a few years to, to switch. So there are multiple uh, ways in which people can exit. I think as it's, there's no such thing as the perfect career and it's not as important what you do as much as what, how you feel when you do it. I think that knowing already that there is a way out and you see all the main stones and the, the, the different jobs that you can do, even before you get to the, 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 the dream job that you have, I think it makes them feel already like they've started as much as when you go to the gym for the first time and you have a personal trainer and you see that there is a schedule, there's a pattern, you start feeling good even before you lose weight, you, you start feeling much better right away because you know that there is a way out. I mean, do you think there are common transferable skills that finance professionals in particular and investment banking professionals have that they do take to their new careers? Yes, absolutely. First of all, broadly speaking, the mindset, okay, we're talking about people that went to the best universities in the world and were top performers and also were top performers in investment banking. So there is what the so-called halo effect. So that if you're really good at something, then you, you can spread that over dif different, different parts of your life. More specifically, I think what, what they do in investment banking all day is solving problems for clients. Okay. At a, at a speed and with accuracy that are not so common. So that is what everybody wants you know the ability of fixing problems coming up with creative ideas those are amazing transferable skills that can be used on one point on on skills i don't because i i don't get too stuck on skills because i think that when you have clear where you want to go I don't buy the assumption that if you don't have the right skills, you will, you will never get it because it's 2021 with COVID, any expert course is at literally at our fingertips. So I think it's just procrastination when people stress too much. Oh, you know, cause I don't have that skill. I don't have, I, I don't have that experience. Everything is possible if you know where you're going. Okay. When I change from being a corporate finance manager to a coach, Obviously the two jobs were quite different. So I was lacking some skills. However, that didn't stop me because I was getting closer to myself in a way. So where we start with my clients is, well, first let's make sure that you know who you are, because if you don't know who you are, then how do you know what you want? How can you get fulfilled? Because fulfillment is knowing who you are knowing what your beliefs are 
and then align your job with those. So if you don't know who you are, then you potentially can never be fulfilled because you don't know what you're chasing. And then the skill set is just, you know, bridging that gap. And I think that, yeah, maybe some people might take longer, some people um, don't. But if you leverage on your natural abilities, the, the learning curves are not as steep as when you're doing something that you don't enjoy. So how do finance professionals find out who they are? Mm -hmm. How do they discover that? Is mm. there a process, like a set of questions they can ask themselves? Like, what's that? What are those first steps to start this self-awareness process of who they are? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Uh, I think the, the first step is acceptance. So the first step is the hardest with my clients because uh, they tell me that it's hard for them to accept that they're not in the right career. And I totally get it because for me, it was really, really hard. I was in denial for many years. So self-awareness is, is key. So understanding that there's no point in continuing on a path that is not for you, but it might take time. So sometimes I, I see potential clients and they become clients months after our first talk because it takes some time um, to actually accept that they want to change. So the actual self-discovery, yes, coaching helps with that because coaching is a learning technology. So you can learn about yourself. So the coach asking questions, challenging you at the same time, supporting you, understanding your body language, your tone, and holding up the mirror to reflect back what neutrally they see helps the person to actually, you know, see the box. So if you want to think out of the box, you first need to see it, right? So seeing what's happening in their life, the, the stories that they tell themselves. And then that's when they start understanding that those are stories. So they start going deeper. So not everything that our brain tells us is true. And once they get that, then they, I, I see that it kind of, they want to get to know themselves better. And they remember that maybe in high school, they really didn't like, you know, maths. Their parents made them study scientific subjects because, you know, I was believed that those would get you a better employment. Maybe you did, but then if you're burned out and you need to get sick leave and you, you know, you want to quit, maybe it wasn't for you. So they, they want to discover what their assets are. So not just their skills, you know, the, uh, all their experiences, their talents, their, their values. They want to discover all of those because they realize that that is the best um, place to start. Because in 2021, we have so many careers that it will be like going to a restaurant and having a 50 page menu to pick, you know? So understanding who you are gives you the, the best viewpoint on what to do next, because you will be leveraging on your natural abilities rather than, you know, just uh, do what everybody else uh, is doing. Like they usually do when in university. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's actually quite rare for, for any professional, but you know, finance professionals in particular, they go through a lot of training, education, and it's, there's not really a gap or a break from 
from school through to education, through to a finance career, and then more training mm. to actually stop and think and uh, of like, what is it that I would want to do? What, what, what do I naturally energize towards? What are my natural strengths, weaknesses? What are my actual passions like that I've developed over my life? And that chance to kind of, this is why I love coaching to, to reflect through a coach all of those things with structured exercises, maybe psychometric tests and, and other forms of evaluation, I think is particularly helpful with the, with the finance profession because they, there's just not an opportunity to do that normally. In terms of networking, I know finance, a lot of finance organizations are quite large organizations. You mentioned you were working for a multi-billion dollar organization managing about six billion pounds in debt that that means you know a lot of these organizations have a lot of employees and there are vast networks in in finance mm -hmm. for people that are kind of transitioning out of their job are there opportunities within their organizations or indeed to tap into their existing finance network to find new careers or jobs that are more aligned with who they are or does fi finance quite resistant once someone wants to get out that they're they're kind of forced out and that's how that's how it is what what is your kind of take on on being getting support from the finance network mm -hmm. i think that in especially in investment banking human resources are very conscious that, you know, people might easily burn out. Actually, earlier in the year, there's been a, an up for Goldman Sachs in the US. Some analysts have published a presentation about, you know, the silly uh, work hours and how exhausted they were. So I hear a lot of clients that are trying to move within the same company to a, to a team where they think that they will do better Maybe this, like I said before, this might be a stepping stone, but you know, at least they feel better. At least they keep learning. They they want to uh, go back to work, and and if they're in a toxic environment, at least they're in a in a better environment. So that because you know, if you are not in the right uh, headspace, it's also hard to have career coaching to think about what else you want to do because you're so stressed out. So yes, the, I see that clients try to stay within the company, at least in the short run so that they can have that, that head space. And then networking is essential. So I actually do suggest that they, after they, it's clear what they want to do next, they use their own network so that they can, you know, make it happen because networking, as we were talking about skills before, kind of trumps the, the skill set as you can put yourself right in front of the decision makers, you know, they, and, and they like you, you still need to have the main, the main skills, but you know, uh, with, with networking, you can, you can tell your story and you can explain what happened. You can connect with people. And, and that's when the, the magic happens, you know, because, because people will, maybe they, they had a similar uh, work experience, you know, and they will be willing to give you uh, a chance. So yeah, I think networking is essential and the 
trying to stay in the organization if if you maybe you want to stay in finance or if your job is really toxic is probably uh, best so that you know it can be quicker rather than job hunting externally yeah and you you talked about hr departments in finance they're they're very aware of you know staff burnout a lot of lot of employees work very long hours naturally that there are going to be some potential health issues in the industry of course what can people do first of all actually how can people recognize symptoms of burnout because you mentioned that you had a burnout in your role what was what were the kind of symptoms that you noticed and how what are some other kind of typical symptoms of burnout that maybe some of your clients have or, or even your colleagues and network have experienced and what can people do about those symptoms can they go to their hr department and if they can is there anything that can be done internally before maybe drastic action is is needed rather than completely quitting their career or their job yeah so when when i had my burnout i i was very very anxious so for two months before i quit i was really anxious i was given way too many projects not just in terms of you know the the volume but in terms of how stressful they were i was i was still junior and i was and i was given projects that require someone way more experienced than me. So for sure, anxiety. So I remember sometimes sitting at my my desk having like palpitations because I felt like everything depended on me. And and then difficulty uh, sleeping and, and eating and thinking about something that is not work because you're so obsessed and and you know because you're you're burning you know the the fumes the, the 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 last few resources and maybe again there is a bit of denial because maybe you've realized that it's not for you you don't want to fail and you keep you know you keep running 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 even though you know there there's nothing else uh, to do so for me it was you know yeah feeling feeling like an imposter because in in finance like you were mentioning before emotions are not really a thing you know so you have a work hard play hard approach so people don't care about you know if you're in flow if you feel good when you do something that is that is not important you know what's important is you get the job done so sometimes you dismiss um, your feelings your emotions because those are not important you know the the next for some of my clients the next bonus is what matters is you know the 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 next dividend to shareholders the next client so the the burnout has clear symptoms that are related to exhaustion and and i think that it's physical exhaustion but also mental exhaustion so feeling like you have no energy at the end of the day so i would get home feeling destroyed and my day was basically just work and and weekends were spent trying to make up for that but still worrying a lot regarding what people can do like i mean can they can they tell their hr department that they are having symptoms of burnout and like 
can organisation uh, are organisations sympathetic to that? What can what can people do when they do experience these symptoms? In in my opinion, they are, but it's just what what they say. You know, it's just uh, lip work because they they show when when you're in the in the corporate world or banking world and you have maybe trainers coming over they show this graph that i personally hate which shows that if you're not under enough stress that is really bad because you're not you know stimulated so you're you you get bored and so that good stress is called eu stress but then if it gets too much you get into de-stress which is the bad stress and that can lead to burnout so the reason why I hate uh, this concept is, is because this was probably applicable to, you know, workers in the 20th century in a conveyor belt. And actually, this is where this graph uh, comes for because I researched. So if you're getting, you know, the most competitive people that you can find that go to the best universities, and if they don't go to the best universities, they're even more competitive because they need to make up for it. Selling this idea to companies just means that they will put more pressure and more pressure and more pressure. So I think that burnouts are part of the job description, to be totally honest. This is what I think. To answer your question, what I've seen my clients do is they take sick leave, which I believe is for a couple of weeks. So I think it's just, you know, a gasp of air and, and then you try to do something else. They, they, the, the banks, the way they've reacted to the, the Goldman Sachs uproar was by increasing salaries. So that is a clear sign that they don't really want to uh, make changes. They, they, they might say it. So maybe, you know, you have no emails on, on Saturdays or, or Sunday, things like that. But then um, what I see with my clients is that the client, so the corporation, you know, could ask anything and they, the bankers want to impress the corporation. So they will work as hard as possible, you know? And so I don't really think that, that the, the, the banks themselves have an incentive to, to change, you know, they, they don't, they, they will be attracting people for a very long time because they offer in the U S from the very first year, you got a six figure salary. So maybe you're 22, 23, and you make a six-figure salary. Maybe your father didn't make a six-figure salary by the end of their careers, or your mother. So I think they they will be attract always be attracting people. So the question is, do they really need to fix the problem? Yeah. So it's it's a, an institutional structuring thing, I guess. Of you know, if if people can't handle. The, the burnout issues they'll they'll be more recruits and and actually there's an incentive to to stay because maybe pay will go up if you if you stay on and, and keep your experience within uh the organization how do people i guess transition then like the the actual process of transition what are some of the typical obstacles that finance professionals face during a transition and how do they handle them with a coach or without? Yeah. So I, I think like we said before, I think the, the first one is money. So usually I invite my clients to develop a budget because what I, what I see is that 
usually the the figure that they originally give me is never backed up by any data. So they say, oh, okay, well, I could, the, the very least I can accept is this amount. And then when you ask, okay, so how do you know? It, it's more like a feeling rather than, you know, money that they, they really they really need or, or, they, or they really want for that matter. So I think that is, that is a key, addressing that, that one first. Um, then in terms of transitioning, it is about taking time to think of what they want to do because as there are so many labels on, um, on roles, so the way that, for example, an investment banker uh, sees other roles affects the way that my clients who want to quit will see those roles. So maybe they are overlooking you know, some, some roles just because they don't have a good reputation within their own industry, which doesn't make any sense because obviously if, you, if you're still working in investment banking, why would you think that somewhere else is better? You obviously still have those values so unless you want to quit, you think that that is the best place to be, okay? So sometimes I invite them to explore with, for example, with prototyping other, other roles, okay? So if you uh, want to work in digital marketing, then why don't you take up a course and try to, you know, build your some some digital marketing uh, materials you try to work maybe with friends you know figuring out a way with prototyping who, whoever is not familiar with that means bringing some elements of of that job into your daily life so that you can see how you feel about it so that you avoid the oh i love cooking so i'll quit my career and open a restaurant and fill after two months I, I did prototyping myself, so I prototyped opening a, a pizza place as I'm Italian, and then I prototyped a teaching. And so they, they struggle with money, they struggle with understanding what's next. And another thing that they struggle with is being realistic in terms of how quickly it can happen. So people, I think they need to be clear that if you know it can take time to change careers because if you've been for uh, even five five six years in a specific sector especially a sector that pays a lot in any one a really high salary it could take time before you before you transition you know or it might take time because uh, you need to master the courts to launching your own business and developing a business plan, your business idea. Okay. So that's, that's what I did. For example, it takes time. And, and I noticed that sometimes, yeah, the, their expectations are okay. Well, there must be a service out there like Amazon, you know, where I just speak with someone and I, I know what to do. And then maybe after a month I'll be doing that and I'll be the happiest I've ever been. It doesn't really work like that, at least not my service. Okay. So there is, there is work to do. There's introspection, there is budgeting, there is understanding what's realistic. So dreaming big, but at the same time, understanding out of that dream, what's really realistic, considering where you're in, in your life. So if you have kids, for example, it could take you longer than if you don't. If you're moving completely outside of finance, it could take you a little bit longer than if you're staying within. So uh, these are the these are the typical 
challenges. And the last one is about the fact that they have very little time available. So that that's why what I make sure they realize at the beginning is that you you still need to have you know the time to do the the introspection to to prototype and to think carefully because what i tell my clients is that the worst thing that can happen is that you end up in a job that you hate even more than the one that you're leaving so true so true and i'm so glad you you brought up prototyping i'm a big fan of it as well and you know take my clients through it i've done a certification called designing your life by a couple of stanford professors and, and they yeah they i've read the book they love they they live by prototyping for for any listeners i recorded a uh, whole episode on prototyping with uh, another career change coach fiona reith so please check that out if you if you haven't already come across the concept i wanted to talk about claudio uh, covid and the the effects of the mm. pandemic on the profession of uh, finance and, and investment banking, H- how do you think it's impacted, first of all, career change in the profession with, you know, a, a lot of pressure when when bankers are forced to work remotely, you know, here you've, you've heard the stories of, you know, people working even longer hours, but at home because they're being monitored by their bosses, because they can't be monitored as they were before in, in the actual banks. Mm-hmm. What's been the effect of, of COVID on and, and that kind of scenario on bankers, on finance professionals? And how has that impacted career change? Have you seen like an influx of clients and more people that have been prompted to, to leave the profession as a result of this pandemic? Yes, yes, I have. So COVID has given time to think uh, to a lot of people. And and like you said, in for investment banking and financial professional, financial professionals, it wasn't good because the the, the lines between you know private life and, and your profession became even more blurry. So yes, a lot of people have left as a, as a consequence in a way was like for my burnout, a blessing in disguise because people could realize that that was really not for them. Also in 2020, bonuses were not the best. So I had some clients telling me that you know, for them, it was it was a trauma, which I know that for the majority of people, this could seem very bizarre. But if you basically invest your whole life in in your work, and the only thing that your employer can really give you is, you know, money at the end of the day, and you don't even get that, you feel that, you know, you really wasted your 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 year, you know, your your life for that year. So I think there have been a lot of the burnouts have been have increased as a, as a result, and also the need for for change. And, and and actually, I did my change during the the pandemic as well. So I was one of them. So I think that you know we we were all pushed to our limits, and and eventually you you start thinking how sustainable that is. That actually one of my uh, main questions to my clients, how sustainable is your life? If you're feeling exhausted at 27, at 30, uh, how, how sustainable do you think that is? How many years do you think you had ahead of you with that lifestyle? 
Yeah, yeah. I I have been reflecting on a, another interview I did with a previous investment banker, Max Vishnev. I think it was episode two of of uh, the Banfield Show, and he left banking. He basically got a payout, and and he 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 it wasn't a payout. He actually got the opportunity to get an MBA, and so he took time out. And during that that time out, which was paid for, that education was paid for. He he actually had that time to reflect and went to Spain and, and from America, mm-hmm. and that was the beginning of his kind of career change. If you think about someone like Jeff Bezos from from Amazon, he worked for a hedge fund in Manhattan, and he talked about you know it's really he very pe- well paid. I think he was senior vice president um, at the time, and you know in investment banking, there's big bonuses in certain times of the year to keep people you know going. If if they stay for their bonus, then you know they get their bonus, and then there's more pay rises and, and all of that kind of stuff. Is there an ideal time to to get out of banking, like when you know you want to leave? Um, really be interested to hear your thoughts on that, because I think, you know, for people that know they want to leave and maybe they know they, what they want to do as well, it, it's like almost a waiting game, but you're never quite sure when is the best time. Like, is there is there any advice on 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 that exit strategy, I guess? Yeah. That's a great question. And everybody's always asking, should I wait another year? Because, you know, they're going to make me associate and I get the signing bonus. And, you know, maybe it's going to get better because associates might not work as as much as as analysts. So usually what I see is that after year two, analysts start looking around, you know, and then usually after the the second year of the associate years as well. The point is, it's much easier to to leave when you're more junior or more senior, okay? Because when you're very junior, you're relatively cheap. When you're very experienced, more senior, you bring experience with you. So that's very valuable. So what's harder usually is for, you know, and for associates and and vice presidents. The the point is, it's, you know, again, the sunk cost fallacy, you know, so you stay a little bit longer and even though you don't like it uh, because you want, you don't want to lose your investment. And in a way, it's like you're you're gambling. So I lost, I'll keep gambling so that maybe I can make up for it, you know? And is it really worth it? You know, that that's the point. I think there are, there are assumptions about, I have some clients telling me, oh, I can make less than this. If I don't make this much, well, what does it say about me compared to others? So the point is not really about the career. The point is really what's underneath, you know? So I think leave when you understand that the risk of staying is higher than the risk of leaving. That's the sweet spot for any career change, okay? And for any change in life, really. Because if you didn't have a, a reason to change, then you'll never do it because to the brain, whatever whatever is new is is a is a threat until proven otherwise. Yeah. So I think it's a matter of uh, being honest and and realizing that 
is this bad enough for me? So am I unfulfilled? Am I uh, burned out? I didn't get what I, what I wanted. If I continue for another year, how will that year be? If I think, well, you know, I'll survive, then maybe it's not the right time because change requires effort. So I, I usually work with people that, you know, they don't see themselves working in the same role for the next year because that gives, you know, the, the, the highest probability of success to them. And I discourage starting a uh, career change journey, at least with me, to those people that the two scenarios, staying or leaving, are not that different. Because I know that when, you know, when, when things get tough, they won't, they won't do what's necessary. You know, changing careers, this is my, my view, is hard, psychologically, primarily because you need to detach your identity to who you've been for so many years and be really, really strong and build something from scratch. And if you don't, you know, if you don't really want it, then you'll just be wasting your, your time and, and you, might, you might fail because of that. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that as well. Um, one kind of concept from finance, and I think probably bankers and finance professionals will be familiar with with this concept of long term thinking and, and actually what's the long term view. And, you know, when you look at certain stocks, like crypto, for example, it's going up and down as a very volatile market could be some big gains, who knows, when you kind of look at the fundamentals of anything that you invest in, and look at the long term fundamentals and the history as well. Um, those kind of fluctuations and volatilities that you might be experiencing now if you if you kind of project that forward and project your as you said forward for a year jeff bezos his decision to leave his hedge fund he he imagined himself 80 and he imagined himself you know making that decision to start a an internet company and what would life be like if if he reached 80 doing that and would he have regretted that decision versus you know being 80 and having a, a career in finance uh, and would he have regretted staying uh, staying in finance and i think if you project yourself far enough into the future whether it's a year i would probably tend to say you know longer term you know thinking about your whole life because ultimately you you know we, we've talked about life happiness life fulfillment and projecting yourself you know right to the end of your life um, and and thinking well is this something that i if i continue on this path will i want to continue and be that person will i have regrets i think that's a useful framework to to have for any professional but but particularly finance and and jeff bezos he he talks about regret minimization theory. I actually talk about it on, again, another episode called Big Decision, No Regrets. But yeah, for any of those interested, I'll, I'll include that in these show notes today as well. Claudio, it's been a really fascinating conversation. Thank you so much. Where can people um, find you, get in touch with you for coaching if they are professionals that are, are looking for time out of uh, banking and finance? Yeah. So they, they can find me on LinkedIn, 
So that's where they can also see my posts on, you know, burnout and investment banking related topics. So we can, we can leave the, the link uh, below and they can send me a private message. There's my email address. There's my website and yeah, and we can have a, a free strategy call and we can see, you know, if I can help them out. Awesome. And all of those links to Claudio's details will be in the show notes for the show today. Claudio, my final question, I can see you're someone that is passionate about what you do, um, helping finance professionals to change, to, to have more fulfilling lives. If they want to get out of the professional, you certainly have a more balanced life from, from the, the life that you had before and, you know, passionate. And, and also this is, you know, acquire purpose for you. you. There's a lot of meaning behind what the work you do. I call that magical mix of passion, purpose, and balance to burn from within. What is the one thing, Claudio, that has made the biggest difference for your life to burn from within? Helping others. So using my natural abilities uh, and my skills uh, to help others for me as well gives me that purpose, you know, to go through the tough days, to go through what I'm scared of and to push myself because I, I like using what I know to, to help other people. Yeah. And I think it really goes back to what you said, like uh, right near the start of our conversation about, you know, who you are and, and, and being aware of who you are, what you do and what you believe in you know, marrying those three things up, it, it leads to fulfillment. And it, it's clear that, you know, helping people is who you are, Claudio. And there was a, I'm guessing from having various conversations with you, a mismatch of who you were when you were in banking and finance and, and just that realization through extensive you know, coaching and, and self-awareness and this journey that you've been on, but that, that awareness of helping others is a, a core part of who you are and living that now in this career. I think, you know, that's testament. I can understand exactly how that makes the biggest difference for you to bend from then. So thank you. Claudio, thank you for a fascinating and I think useful conversation for any finance um, and banking professionals who are listening and indeed any other professionals, the structure is very similar from, from the story that Claudio shared today. Thank you for having me. Wow. We shared a lot of different tips in that conversation on solving the challenges of career change out of finance, many of which are applicable to other professions too, from taking time to discover who you really are with coaching being an effective way to do this, to having acceptance of leaving behind sunk costs and the metaphor of continuing to gamble when you've lost money. The realization that high salaries are not a precondition for happiness and shouldn't limit your career options if you're unhappy or unfulfilled. And it can be a long but worthwhile journey to build up your salary in a new career and so much more. Check out the show notes for links to connect directly with Claudio and me. And if you enjoyed this talk, go and leave a review on ratethispodcast.com forward slash burn from within. That's ratethispodcast.com forward slash burn from within. Stay updated with more inspiring interviews by hitting the subscribe or follow button now on your player. 
Until next time, live with passion, purpose and balance and burn from within.